BG Mania, a video game music podcast for August 19th, 2020, is presented by leveldowngames.com. On with the show. You're listening to Title Screen from the Oregon Trail, released in 1985, composed by Lon Koenig. Weekly video game music and discussion podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com. I'm Brian, and if you're new around here, what we like to do on the show is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes, which will always be announced in advance. Each and every Wednesday, myself and a special guest will sit down and chat about a particular topic, theme, game, or composer while listening to some really excellent music. Do me a quick favor, if you don't mind, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever listening to us and leave that five-star rating into review so we continue to climb those charts in terms of search results. That definitely helps more people find us. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show, BG Mania is a twice-weekly podcast, and I've kind of been teasing that for the last couple weeks as well. That begins Saturday. How things are currently planned. Every Wednesday will be our mainline BG Mania episode. This is the content that you're used to, albeit with the format change we started at the beginning of the month. And the reception to that, both through our Discord server and from those who choose to contact us via email and across social media, has been largely positive. So really, truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Saturdays will be the second episode of BG Mania every week, and it's going to have an actual name attached to it. For example... This Saturday, we'll be presenting Ghost of Tsushima, a musical review. For those who are unaware, Level Down Games is more than just a multitude of different podcasts, a YouTube channel, a Twitch stream. We're also an outlet that does work on reviews for newly released games. I know most of you know that, but new time listeners may not. Now that we have more resources available to us and a better PC in the LDG studio that is capable of producing better quality content, we're going to be taking one of our newest reviews every single Saturday and theming an episode around it for BG Mania. Tune in this Saturday to see exactly what we're doing and how. And as always, please reach out with comments and feedback and let me know what you think. Today on the show, we're exploring a topic that I've had written down on a list of potential ideas for a long, long time now. I just didn't know when the right time would be. Now that we're bringing in different guests every single week, this is the perfect opportunity to do this, as it allows me to invite a very special guest from both the Media Files and LevelDownGames.com, Kyle. He will be here to chat with me about early educational games, for the most part. A good chunk of the games we're playing music from on the episode today are games that I used to spend an insane amount of time with as a young kid. And now Kyle, who has three kids of his own, also gets to see the games that they're playing. But I do know that he was very into a lot of the games that uh, are on the show today, so much so that he actually suggested almost half of this playlist. So that's going to be really, really exciting. So before we bring him into the show and have a discussion, let's take a listen to a few more tracks. 
You're listening to Ernie's Magic Shapes from Sesame Street, ABC and 123, released in 1990, composed by David Wise. listening to Building the House from Richard Scarry's Busy Town, released in 1994, composed by Andres Magyari. listening to track one from Math Blaster episode one, released in 1993, composed by Tom Zender and Mark Cooksey.
All right, and we now have Kyle from the Media Files sitting in here with us. How are you doing, sir? Good morning, Brian. Dude, it's good to be here, man. I think this is my first ever, like, actual yes, appearance. Yes, I, I was gonna say your first ever appearance, but that's not true. No, you I've just, had, like, a, had cameo a cameo appearance yeah. on BGMania, yeah. <laughs> but my first ever, like, recording into BGMania. Yeah, Lindsay had a cameo on, on uh, BGMania. Yeah, yeah. So but it's good to be here. This is a nice room you've got. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's not a closet like you record in. <laughs> it's a nice closet, to be fair, Brian. It was an upgrade. What I like what you do is, you know, you do the Media Files, which is an all-purpose pop culture show, and you invite people over and literally record in your closet. <laughs> they, we sit. Okay, so the my view right now is a is a bin full of my socks, and next to that a bin full of brassiers, which are not my own. They are Lindsay's, uh, and then you have to be careful if you're sitting on Maybe the like left side of, of the microphone. Might be yours. One of them might. Be one yours. of them might be mine. <laughs> but, but I've lost some weight recently. I haven't worn it. But you have to be careful with your left elbow because there's some hangers right here, and you if I. Can you hear that? Yeah, yeah I hear it. Yeah. 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 You have to be careful with that left elbow because you'll you'll click clack on some hangers, which are holding all of Lindsay's pants. See, it's that's why we can never do video podcasts because we would just have you sitting in a closet. <laughs> you would actually. So behind me, uh, you would see a bunch of dresses and a, and Lindsay's jackets actually. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing lewd. Nothing lewd. All tasteful. Yeah. No, you're not. You know, it's not like you're sitting there naked in a closet which I mean, you know what i could do might. i could get one of those draw down green screens in my closet Ooh, and then we could put like a fake background on there <laughs> yeah make it look like an actual studio there's like but i oh, will say man. i will say that the sound suppression in this room because there's so many there's so much clothes and like like fabric everywhere that is really good like it's a it's a good room to record in for that reason and it's not a it's not a small like it's not one of those closets that has like drawback doors you know what i'm saying like it's in a big walk-in closet right it's a walk-in closet and yeah i mean there's some we room could in there. easily like we could probably fit a table and like four or five people to play a card game in here that type of thing like it's it's big enough that i'm not like, if like you, had to, you should in live here. in there <laughs> Well, it might be a little small. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. If I had to, if you had I could to, probably fit a bed. Yeah. 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 I can make it work. I'm glad you're on this episode, man, because I, I really wanted you here for this topic. Today, we're we're chatting about early education games, and you have three children that I do. play video games. They and do. I thought well, you would be a, a good. Yeah. Sure. The third one probably will soon. Soon. <laughs> He's on his way. And I know for a fact that you played a lot of these games that we're playing music from today on the show, as did I. Totally. What I really like about these games is how many memories I actually have playing these throughout, like, my early educational years. And and more specifically, for a lot of these, like, you know, the, the opening track that we heard came from the Oregon Trail. I used to play the Oregon Trail all the time in elementary school. It was one of the only games we had on the computers back then. That was like a staple of elementary school computer labs, was the yes. Oregon Trail. That yeah. and Lemmings, which we're going to hear a track from yes. in the next block of music. Yes. <laughs> and that was actually a suggestion from you for Lemmings. I totally forgot about that. So the Oregon Trail, it's when I listened to that track at the beginning of this episode, it brought back so many memories for me because we would. I remember the the lab at the school that I went to only had a few computers that had Oregon Trail on it. And you had to like rush to the computer lab on computer day to get to those computers. To make sure. <laughs> you know what? That's how it was at mine too. Now that you say that. There, not every computer had Oregon Trail, but I remember rushing to get to those computers because it was so difficult. That game was so hard and it really didn't take long to die and kill your entire family in that game. Yeah. And then we usually, would, and then usually we would fall switch. to dysentery or something. Well, the problem was we'd all start as the banker because the banker had the most money, but he was a total worthless piece of garbage on the trail. <laughs> He was just a total loser, couldn't do anything else, but he had all the money, so we all started with him. And and your family would all get dysentery or be bitten by rattlesnakes. In fact, I have a uh, I have a Oregon Trail like card game downstairs that we play sometimes and is a lot of fun and it's it's like a cooperative card game, board game type thing. Super fun. Really, really fun game, but 
brings back a ton of memories to elementary school, man. Good memories of being in that computer lab. Yeah. And another track that we heard in this most recent block of music before you and I came back in was from Sesame Street, ABC and 123, which was a Nintendo game way back in like the early 1990s. Mm-hmm. And you reminded me of these games when you and I were chatting about this topic a couple of weeks ago. I had forgotten about a lot of the Sesame Street games. But when you actually jog that into my memory, I can distinctly remember all the time. I never owned these games. I'll say that. But my mom or my grandma or whoever, every time that we would go like to the video store and they would rent a movie, I remember a lot of times renting games like the Sesame Street games when I was a kid. There's another game that I used to rent all the time on the Sega Genesis. Uh, It it was a Barney the Dinosaur game. It was a hide and seek game. And I looked at the music of that one and it just it, it was not good. That's, no, that's <laughs> so not great at so all. We're not playing music from it today. There's actually several early educational games and just educational games in general that just have some really, really, really crappy music. So we're not playing oh, from totally. Yeah. And, and they were low budget games and they were made for one specific purpose. And that was to teach numbers, letters, whatever else. I will say that the Sesame Street ABC and one, two, three is a game that I was playing as recently as maybe six months ago. Okay. I had my, I had like one of with, my kids with your sitting kids down or... with NES paddles. Yeah, because yeah, I wouldn't and... have judged you if you played this on your own because I remember it being a decently fun game. It, well, it's really easy. I'll say that much. It's it's just of course, an it's incredibly like easy game. Little kids, <laughs> right? But it works well, and it it actually you know there's some some memory type. Uh, mechanics to it like a memory game type thing and you have to find you know Big Bird behind a certain door or something like that and so there's there's some really good mechanics to it that do teach you know early learners letters and numbers but beyond that too I think it teaches them to use the controller paddles really well and how to kind of get a grasp on controlling a video game these are good games that teach those mechanics and those skills as well as teaching ABCs and one, two, threes and early reading skills. It's interesting that you say that, too, because a lot of times we think about early educational games and, you know, they are are meant for teaching certain subjects that kids are going to need when they get into school. But they do. You're right. Tend to teach you also how to play video games. Absolutely, man. And the another track that you played in that first block was from Richard Scarry's Busy Town, which was one of my favorite games on the Sega Genesis, and I was a little too old to really like that game as much as I did. I used to like the TV show, like the the, the kids show. Oh, the TV show was was sick, man. Dude, I used to watch that all the time. Okay, so it was was one of those things where I was... That's like Blue's Clues for me. I could sit down and watch Blue's Clues now and and be completely fine and content. 100% (laughs) agreed, dude. I love Blue's Clues. It's a dream job of mine, is is to be like a host why, why didn't show. you audition? You could have been, uh, is, it's Josh, right? No, is it, is Josh uh, the new? Josh is the new one, right? Jo- Josh is the new one, and he's really he's good, He's the Filipino man. guy, right? And he's really good. Yeah, yeah. But I could totally see you doing that because you have the the personality and the charisma to completely pull that off. Well, to be fair, it's basically what I do for a job. Is well, yes, and, and you're perfectly okay and play, making and a complete games. fool out of yourself. Absolutely, one thousand percent okay with making a fool of myself. And that that Richard Scarry's Busy Town was one of the games that was in the regular rotation of Sega Channel on the Genesis, and which you did have, and I'm very impressed absolutely. by that. Absolutely. I had Sega Channel, man, for a long time, for as long as it was out, I think. And that game, whenever it came through, I would sit and play it. And it was it was before a time when there were like relaxing, chill video games. There wasn't a lot of that or at least games that I had access to. This was that game for me back then. It was easy. Like I was I was too old to be learning anything really from the concepts, but there was like mini games in this game where you had to like paint a ship. You would paint a ship different colors. And mm. then there was one where you had to kind of like build a house. And I think that's the one you played that's actually. That's the track we building played, a building yeah. a house. Yeah, that's the track we played. And it's just it was just such a relaxing game and the music was also very relaxing and very calming. And even I I mean like I say even at a young age of, you know, maybe I was 7 or 8 years old when I was playing this game, I remember just using this game as a as a chill out time, like really try to relax, really try to clear my mind, something I needed at that young of an age. You know, little did I know how much I would need it now, but I actually believe I actually believe I have this cartridge somewhere as well in a box in the garage probably. I should fish that man. out. You should try to find it. Maybe uh Oh, I was going to say, if you have a Sega Genesis, connect that up and 
play it sometime, man. I've got all of this stuff in boxes, yeah. Be fun to go back and check that out again. Yeah, for fun sure. Fun games, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, let's jump to another block of music because we got some really, I'm going to, I'm going to take a name of the track here. Awesome things coming up. <laughs> I see what you did there. Kyle and I'll be right back after this. You're listening to Awesome from Lemmings, released in 1992, composed by Tim Wright and Brian Johnston. Listening to Aqua Pet Sold from Frog Fractions, released October 25th, 2012, composed by Jim Stormdancer. listening to Mars from the Magic School Bus Explores the Solar System. Released September 22nd, 1994, Composer Unknown.
That last track we played from The Magic School Bus Explores the Solar System. The Magic School Bus, much like Blue's Clues, much like uh, whatever we were talking about earlier. Uh, what was the other one? Blue's Clues and something else. Yeah, something, yeah, Richard Scary. Listen, that's how bad my memory is. Literally not even three minutes ago. <laughs> but the Magic School Bus, I think it's on Netflix, right? That's something I can easily sit down and watch all the time. It's a it's a new version that's on Netflix now. They kind of rebooted the show, and it's that new type of animation that it's it's a, it's a weird animation. It's like almost a YouTube you type it? animation. I've not watched it. I haven't either. I haven't either, but the old show I watched a ton of. Religiously. And I, I was a oh, religious yeah. fan of that back in the day. Like, used to watch that all the time. It was one of those shows that whenever your teacher would be out of town, the substitute teacher always had, like, a VHS that had six episodes of it Magic School that? Bus on. It was that, and do you remember, I'm hoping they used to do this in your elementary school as well. They used to do it in our library. But it was, it was the Magic School Bus, and it was, like, were they called like the oh man like the the little people or like little you know like Mr. Happy Mr. Sad what the hell were those things Ooh, called do you remember I don't know that one no I have no uh, idea what you're talking Mr. about actually Mr. Happy Mr. Happy this if is you just good. Ta- if you type in Mr. Return. Happy if you type in Mr. Happy no 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 uh Mr. Tickles from Mr. Tickles extraordinarily long arms to little miss princesses sparkly crown. the Mr. Men and little misses that's what they're called the Mr. Men and little misses that was like a, a, a cartoon and it was always these things. And there's like several of them, man. Like you can like look on Google and see how many there are. Mr. Bump, Mr. Messy, Mr. Happy, Mr. Grumpy, Mr. Tickle, okay, et cetera, et cetera. This, this looks kind of familiar, but I think I might be mixing it up with uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Okay. Because it, okay. it kind of has the yeah, same art style as similar Schoolhouse Rock. aesthetic and art style, yeah. But the Mr. Men and Little Miss books, they were little books. But they turned it into like a cartoon as well. And I think it was on PBS back okay. in the day or something. It was Probably. always this and the Magic School Bus, man. I wish they would have made a video game out of this. <laughs> right? You, you know I what? It makes, me, it makes me wonder, was there a video game for Schoolhouse Rock? I bet there was. I bet there was probably a PC game or something that was packaged in, like, a box of Cocoa Puffs or something, you know. <laughs> Put it in your CD-ROM drive and make sure you have your dad's permission. Yeah. Oh, man. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah. CD-ROM. With CD-ROM drives nowadays, we don't even have CD-ROM drives anymore. I don't have a CD-ROM drive on my computer. No, I don't either. The one that I just got doesn't, it doesn't have it either. Actually, one you know what? The, the one that I built back in like 2013, the PC that I just retired, also didn't have a CD drive. I actually have a USB plug-in one if I ever need it, but I rarely need it. Yeah, I can't think of an, uh, a situation in which I would, honestly. But I will say that the other thing that we watched a lot of was there was the Magic School Bus, but then there was also the terrible Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. I remember that. Yeah, there was a cartoon of that. Those always seemed to be the things we watched. Anyways, Magic School Bus did come on TV after school, and it was on like this block of cartoons that I want to say, if I if I get this right, boy, my memory's off the hook, but it was like Magic School Bus, Arthur, Wishbone, and Bill Nye. I think it was like that block of four shows that would come on every day when I was off of school. And confession, I've never liked Arthur. I don't know what it is about Arthur. Really? Yeah. I used to just... watch it, but I'm not like a huge fan. So and I then don't know. and then following following that block is when it got into Bob Ross and Can't this old house. Bob and, Ross, though. Yeah, well, you Bob know Ross. I'm a huge Bob Ross fan. You know, <laughs> I'm a, I've I've actually uh, picked up painting within the last year just because I'm such a huge Bob Ross fan. But PBS and that early education stuff from PBS was such a a pivotal part of my entertainment as a child. Another game that we played music from in this last block is from Frog Fractions. And I know that's potentially not like considered really early educational, even though I guess it could be because it is beginner fractions that it is teaching you a little bit. But I picked this one, and I think you actually mentioned it as well, but I included it in the playlist because of how silly and wacky this game actually is. It's a weird game. It's, it's really strange, yeah. Yeah, it, it's and it's not meant to be, like, taking itself seriously at all. And I, and I think it's even, there's, like, memes built into the game or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's and so I I played a little bit of it. There was a I know it it does a decent job at teaching fractions though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it, like as as in terms of it being an educational device, it works. It absolutely. But is, it's yes. but it's also just a very strange game entirely. And and like you said, it's a very 
memey game. Like there's a there's a game of the decade edition on Steam that just you came can out buy. August uh, August second. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, and so and so they they kind of understand the memes that have been built around this game and kind of the community that supports the game for being strange, and have leaned into that. And I always like when you know developers are able to do that and kind of be tongue in cheek about that type of thing. Well, I remember when everybody was wondering, and I'm looking it up here, when Frog Fractions Two was going to be coming out. And remember, it was in um, was actually built into another game that that studio did uh, called Glitter Mitten Grove, and that was actually like Frog right. Fractions Two was hidden in that. And like, right, this whole thing just became like an internet sensation because games would be coming out like. Oh, dude, I remember listening to the Jimquisition. I am a Jim Sterling fan. And um, they were talking about back in the day, like, shower with your dad simulator. And they were wondering if that was actually potentially Frog Fractions 2. And it ended up not being that. But, like, every time one of these, like, crazy, obscure, weird-ass game would come out, people, is this, is this Frog Fractions 2? <laughs> so, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Frog Fractions available originally on Browser. a... It was a browser, a browser game. right? It was yeah, a browser, browser game first, game. Mm-hmm. Yep. and then they ended up releasing releasing it on Steam or something like that. Yeah, it is. It's such a weird like story and meme that that the internet picked up off and and ran with. You know, it's you never know what the internet's going to choose to be its its new fascination. But Frog Fractions, I guess, I don't know. And then I want to mention Lemmings because Lemmings doesn't really teach you much. I guess it teaches you patience more than anything. <laughs> Because Lemmings, Lemmings can be can be a, a frustrating game, at least it used to be for me as a kid. But I wanted to include it in the list because it is so ingrained in a lot of our memories from early educational years. Because as we mentioned earlier, uh, you know, it was pre-installed on most elementary school computers like the Oregon Trail was. I think it did, though. And, I, you know, it wasn't an, it wasn't a concrete concept that it taught. It didn't teach reading or or, you know like concrete addition subtraction skills anything like that but it was kind of for a lot of us i think our first our first exposure to a puzzle game a puzzle based platformer and lemmings i mean you really did you had to figure out how to get bridges and you know rocks and go over a cliff without losing all your people you know i mean that's why i said it taught you patience man it was frustrating beyond belief (laughs) it did but i i don't know that i can think of another game that at that young of an age let's see this came out in 1991 the year i would have turned five but it would have been before i turned five so when i was four four and a half years old is when this game was released and I can't think of another game that came out around this time that I was that invested into in terms of solving puzzles. Maybe the only one I can also think of was Lolo, Adventures of Lolo on the NES. Oh, yeah. And you actually are a big fan of that game as well. I, lo- I, I remember love you Lolo, actually. Man. I remember you streamed it on, on your Twitch channel back I when did you stream were Lolo because yeah. I, yeah, it's when they put it on the Switch on the NES yeah. online uh, because I, I just love that game. But that game has a lot of memories for me and this kind of goes hand in hand with that in that it teaches you spatial recognition and and those concepts of puzzle solving that I don't know a lot of other early games could have held my attention for that long but Lemming certainly did and it is one of those games that I always like, like you rushing into the computer labs or whatever to play the Oregon Trail that we talked about earlier Lemmings is always something anytime that like I would get because I used to take typing classes and this th- this is like now I'm talking like fourth fifth and sixth grade so so well after this game came out, because that, that was like, you know, mid to late 90s for me. And I, I think I was in sixth grade in like 97, because I think I entered a seventh grade in 98. Yeah, because I was in okay. ninth grade in 2000. So um, so five, six years after Lemmings came out, I was still rushing into that computer lab to get the computers that had Lemmings on it because they didn't all have it. Some of them, of course, they, tr- yeah. they tried. They tried to remove the games off the computers in the computer labs, but some of and them the still school had. Broke out into a complete riot. Kids were tipping dude, trash kids cans, were lighting desks dude, was, on fire. It was a teacher crazy. was strung was up like, by her feet yeah. from a tree. She was almost a sacrifice until they put Lemmings back <laughs> on the computers. <laughs> it was insane. It was. Balls to the wall. You should have seen these. It was like uh, Lord of the Flies. These kids were just ruling the planet until their parents showed up. Yeah, it was nuts. No, just but you got your lemmings. We got the lemmings. Yes, uh, but they used to like, like I said, they would try to uninstall it, but they wouldn't remove all the files, so you could still somewhat get it to run if you knew what you were doing. And then back then, I still knew what I was doing. I was 
always somewhat intelligent with computers. So sure. Um, and really, really it. fun though. Really fun. Yeah, that's it. That's all I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that, that's literally the, the honest to God truth. I'm not good at anything oh, else. <laughs> hey, pretty good at fall guys. Yeah. Pretty good at fall guys. Yeah. But that's, yeah. you know, video games still comes from the same stem. Fair enough. Uh, I'm excited to get to this next block of music we're about to jump into because it's three back-to-back-to-back Nintendo tracks, all related to Mario, and I'm excited to chat about these, which we will do right after this. You're listening to Main Theme from Mario Paint, released July 14th, 1992, composed by Hirokazu Tanaka, Ryoji Yoshitomi, and Kazumi Tataka. Everybody, it's Kyle from the Media Files. And if you don't know what the Media Files is, what are you even doing? The Media Files is a pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. Every episode, a special guest and I will be talking about something happening in pop culture, whether it's movies, television, music, books, sports, video games, you name it, we'll talk about it. Subscribe to the Media Files on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you there. listening to Castle Theme 1 from Mario is Missing, released in 1993, composed by Rob Wallace. listening to Philadelphia 1776 AD from Mario's Time Machine, released December 1993, composed by Mark Knight.
something about Nintendo music. Just it, it always gets the blood going, man. All three of those games, I love them all. And two of them are kind of obscure. Mario's Missing and Mario's Time Machine. I, I know that, you know, they're they're well known now, but right. this is back when Nintendo was really experimenting in the early educational video game scene and really just doing different things with their IPs. Uh, Mario I Paint, think, a little bit different. I think that, right. I think this is probably the genesis of, well, I, I shouldn't use genesis, the Super Nintendo genesis of, of them taking Mario and putting him into using him as an actor in this in this theater right and not just the hero that saves the day no now he also races you're right this is like really the first time that we actually absolutely saw man. mario starting to branch out into doing other things, other things. besides just saving the princess and being a plumber right right <laughs> and being a plumber and and you now know he's a painter well, and well i guess on the nes we had dr mario True, true, true. So there was that. But I mean, I mean, even still, we start to get the painting, we start to get the Mario Kart, and we get Mar the time machine. We get these really weird set of games that I think are probably, like I said, the genesis of spawning off, you know, Mario Tennis, Mario Soccer, right, Mario... Right, Everything. This is where it all, I think, probably comes from. Mario Paint is a game that, dude, the, the music from that game is Did you so have it? ingrained. Oh, I had it, yeah. And I played the ever-living crap out of that game back in the day, man. So did we. I remember that stupid plastic mouse pad it came with. I used to with the stupid mouse, with yep. Yeah, but I used to beat people with the mouse pad. Okay. Probably not the intended use by Nintendo and no, Co. No, but, but like friends would come over and I'd just smack them with the mouse. Because that thing hurt, man. That, that was oh, like, yeah. Like a, well, it, was, it, was it wasn't flimsy. Weapon. No. Yeah. It was a weapon. <laughs> yeah. You could, you could really, you could probably give somebody a concussion with that bastard. But the mouse plugged right in and you could use the mouse just like you would on a computer and... It was, and it was a man, really intuitive a game back in the day, man. There was so many things that you could create. And still to this day, man, people are still, still using that music maker to this day to do things. Absolutely. And you see a lot of, a lot of pieces of that pulled into Super Mario Maker now. Oh, and, good correlation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and when you go into the level editor of Super Mario Maker, a lot of that, I mean, you see direct influence from Mario Paint. Yes, yes. I also used to play a lot of Mario is Missing and Mario's Time Machine. Both games, surprisingly, I owned. I don't think I had Mario's Time Machine, but I believe I do have Mario is Missing. Again, somewhere in a box with all my Super Nintendo stuff. But I think I have that game, and that's probably a game that I should, uh, you know, plug in and see if one of the kids could get into it. Because, again, like you said, these, these games... I do want to say, though, these games are freaking tough, man. Well, yes. Okay, so Mario's missing. That's the one where you're like are traveling to different countries and trying to find Mario. But you're like, right? It's teaching you about geography and locations, and you're solving things and trying to figure out like where Mario could have went based on these clues. And you know what I mean? So it's like a geographical game. And then Mario's Time Machine is basically teaching you history, like the track that we played, Philadelphia, 1776 A.D., the signing of the Declaration of Independence. So it's teaching you these really cool historical facts. I really like what Nintendo tried to do here, and I and I wish it would have caught on more because I think they still could really potentially utilize some of these things. I don't know. You have three kids, I'm sure. You know, I if do. they if they made a Mario, or you know, much to your uh, much to your dismay, sometimes you have three kids. <laughs> well, yeah, some days are better than others. I will say, you know, with in light of the current you know global pandemic that's happening. In my city and in my my school district, all the schools are going to be closed for the upcoming at least first half of the year. You know, probably for the full year is what people are anticipating. Yeah, I think they're doing the same thing here in Ohio, like across the board. So instead of doing distance learning, we're actually just going to be homeschooling my oldest. Uh, he, he's supposed to be going to kindergarten this year. So we're going to be homeschooling him for kindergarten. Oh, and so today actually was actually the first one that actually is going into school. OK, OK. Yep. And I know we had three kids real fast, for, for, man. For, I know, but I thought for some reason, I thought your oldest was already in kindergarten. Hmm. No, no, no. He he did some preschool and stuff, but this is his first year actually doing school. And so today was actually a day where we went around and tried to get a lot of uh, supplies, like a new desk 
for his room. Listen, if you're going to homeschool your kids, don't wait till the week before school starts. Don't be like <laughs> Kyle. That was a bad idea. So, uh, <laughs> but are you gonna are you gonna stick with homeschooling, or are you gonna like when this pandemic no, is over? Like, no, once this is over, house, we are going to get him into school. Um, and you know, some people like homeschooling. Some people like going to school. I think for my kids and for my wife's sanity, it's best that we the, get the him into a quiet. public school. <laughs> That's what I mean. Get the hell out of the house. Go to school. <laughs> but I, you know, just listening to the tracks for this episode and and looking again at this game list. I think that incorporating some of these games that I still have access to into his kind of playtime for school would be smart. Would be smart. Is is smart because at least for the first couple months of school, dude. I told you before we started recording, it's going to be 112 degrees here tomorrow. Like there is no outside play right now unless the sun is down because it is too damn hot. The kids go, they go outside and they're like dying, they're melting, and so. Using that playtime and and incorporating, you know, Mario is missing or incorporating uh, Richard Scary's Busy Town, incorporating yeah, those into or, his school or schedule. Math Blaster or anything Absol- like some of these games yeah. still hold up, man. Math Blaster we heard sure. it earlier, a great game. Frog Fractions, I could probably the track Oregon that down. Trail. Oregon Trail Two is probably a better game, and and we are going to listen to that one to close out the show. But it probably uh, is. But now you, I mean, you really got me thinking, and I do think that I need to probably start integrating a couple of these games into his lesson plans. I think there's some decent, like, Leapfrog games, too, that are, is that a thing? Like, I think those are, is, is that the, oh, what yeah, that yeah, thing yeah. is called? Uh-huh. I actually looked there's, up well, the music for that, too, so to see if we could find anything, and there, there's just nothing really good out there on those. <laughs> no, there really, there really isn't, and they do incorporate music a lot into, like, their videos. We have some Leapfrog videos for the kids and stuff, but they incorporate music and stuff into those, but it's all songs that are made to be, like, easy to remember and easy to sing for these kids, and so, like, the the bee says buh, the bee says buh, every letter makes a sound, the bee says buh, you know, uh, so so little things like that, and they're annoying and they're not fun to listen to, so you won't be hearing them on the show probably, but but no. they're good for kids. No, 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 no bad tracks on the show anymore. <laughs> you probably won't be listening to them except if I sing an entire verse of them, just like I which, just did. Which is not out of the question. I mean, you did sing... Uh, Bed of Roses by Bon Jovi on on and it's entire yeah, and then we recently and then we had an entire well, I did we had an entire Garth Brooks segment too like what two weeks ago <laughs> two weeks ago on Wolverine Games podcast yeah <laughs> that wasn't bad yeah. Poor we Dan sing everywhere get a if you're in. only listening to BG Mania and and you want to hear silliness we sing in like every podcast <laughs> very Dude, stupid it just, stuff well it's it doesn't help that all four of us are so into music also obviously I mean we you host a video game music podcast we obviously like tunes and so you and i really go in depth with the music and video games when we write our reviews for leveldowngames.com as well yes and i well it's it's something that draws us in there there will be a game that i'm not super hyped to play but if i like the soundtrack enough i'll be like no i'll play it just to listen to the soundtrack while i play you know it's i'm gonna be listening to something anyways and then sometimes you really find like some hidden gems that way like you know some some games and and then some games have great soundtracks but then they're just complete garbage so We see that we see that one too often as well. Oh yeah, I wasn't on this week's LDG podcast because I was out of town. But one of the things I did while I was out of town was I uh, I found a couple of vinyls that I'd been looking at picking up, and I found them for kind of cheap at a store in the town that I was visiting, and uh, picked up a couple of vinyls this weekend. I actually we did a we did a vinyl episode uh, last year for for Deathmark the the studio. I remember sent you us that vinyl that. album, and I you know bought one of those turntables I could plug right into the computer, and that was a fun episode to do, man. I really enjoyed that, and I would love to do things like that still like if we could just yeah just you know more and more video game soundtracks are starting to come out on vinyl albums and i I really do like that aesthetic of vinyl yeah yeah there are some that are like like limited edition type stuff that's tight you can definitely pick up video game soundtracks and it might not be like the complete because i don't remember i don't know exactly how big or how many tracks a vinyl can hold it's probably more than it used to be now because technology is you know so so more advanced but it's still still limited yeah and with albums being longer than i would imagine that it's not everything but i want to say recently final fantasy 7 remake put out some stuff on a vinyl album did they put out a vinyl damn i should have picked that up so i think so if i'm not mistaken it was something this year but 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 that actually might have been it i don't know but yeah i know you're gonna be picking up a uh, a record player soon so uh man you're about to get into some really fun stuff <laughs> oh dude i i need to really I love vinyls, myself man. Because i really do i do too man and i've i've got a small collection of them and 
I uh, you got to be careful with this kind of hobby because it can it can go from like a hundred dollars to seven thousand dollars real fast. Right. <laughs> like in the blink of an eye. Right. Oh man, Kyle, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Dude, it's uh, I, been a I blast. really I really had fun sitting down with you chatting about some of these early educational games that we're listening to music from today. And like I said, I mean, or, or like you even said, you know, incorporating some of these into uh into his homeschooling regimen might actually be smart. I I'm actually really excited to look into that now and I'll I'll report back to you with what we end up doing, but Yeah, we'll have to do a follow-up and see how that actually works because I'm curious now. You know, back then I remember these games being like you know they decently well at teaching you things and i'm wondering oh, if yeah. it still holds up like especially like mario's time machine and the historical facts and stuff curious how that stuff holds up think about how many words or concepts or skills you've picked up just from video games and and obscure words right like words that you that you didn't learn in school but you learned because you were playing a video game set in some fantastical time where they used that word to describe an item or a piece of armor or a weapon right these are these are words that you don't learn kind of typically in in any sort of like grade book or anything, but you learn them from video games. And so I, I honestly think that a lot of my vocabulary and a lot of my humor, things, things like that, some of these more abstract concepts I did learn from video games. Yeah, we can definitely thank gaming for that for sure. Absolutely. So. Yeah, but thanks for having me on, man. I I, I know that and I appear on two other... it will not be the last others. time that no, you be on the show. We will definitely be getting you on a lot more often because I, I think you have a lot of things, good things to say. Yeah, well, thank you. I appear on two other podcasts from LDG, but <laughs> but uh, this is my first time on BG Mania, and I'm a fan of BG Mania. I'm a regular listener and fan of BG Mania, so happy to be here. So you did mention you're on the other two podcasts. Uh, where else can people find you if they're into uh, into you? Into you, I guess. <laughs> into me? Well, who into isn't? You. Let's be fair, Brian. True. Uh, yeah, check out the Media Files. It's the podcast that I host. It comes out almost weekly. There, you know, it's been weekly since we started it, but there may be some weeks that it doesn't. But almost weekly, Friday mornings. It's an all-purpose pop culture review. We talk about you know current topics in pop culture. And uh, I'm a regular co-host on the Level Down Games podcast as well. Or you can reach me on Twitter at Brustoff, B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H, or at Instagram, same name. I, I thought about it while you were talking, but technically you're like in every episode because of the Media Files ad. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And even if that ad wasn't there, I'm in your heart. In my heart, baby. <laughs> All right, man. It was nice having you here. We're going to kick to our last block of music, and then I'll be back to close the show. See you guys. You're listening to Title Theme from The Great Waldo Search, released June 1st, 1992, composed by Jeff Barry and Doug Brandon. listening to Dungeon Theme 1 from Reader Rabbit 2nd Grade, released April 8th, 1998, Composer Unknown.
You're listening to Hall of Silken Spices from Chill Manor, released October 16th, 1996, composed by Tony Trippi. Chatting with Kyle about all of these games and listening to the music really brought back so many great memories. So honestly, Kyle, thank you for that. <laughs> Definitely would be bringing you back into the uh, into the fold here at BG Mania more in the future for sure. However, that is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Yes, that email address does still work. We were able to get all of our old stuff migrated over finally from the previous server, so the old email addresses are still working fine, and they do still come directly to me as they always have, so that one works. You know, the I, I think I made a new one for the, uh, the Level Down Games podcast, but all the email addresses for all of our podcasts, all the email addresses you can find on our website, those are all working again. And it is definitely a good feeling. So make sure you send those suggestions in, please. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash level down games. Subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash level down games and click that follow button. Both channels will be seeing a lot more content going up on a regular basis now that I do have access to this PC this powerhouse of a beast PC sitting next to me man I, this is honestly it, it's crazy but this is the strongest most powerful PC that I've ever owned at a current time like when everything was still brand new on the market <laughs> I'm very thankful for this and, and I'm glad we were able to do it so uh, hats off to Jessica she made it happen for sure 
but yeah, more content going up on the YouTube channel, more streams starting here really, really, really soon on the uh, Twitch channel and like if more podcasts. I have more announcements coming soon. We're doing a lot of things. Stick around. We're doing a lot. <laughs> And another place you can find that information out, stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check that description box for the appropriate links. In that description box, you will find a link to our Discord server, which is probably the best place to find information out. We are in there all day, every day, chatting. So click it, join it, come in there and interact with us. Next week, it's the end of the month. And I have another announcement. Like I said, I'm full of announcements lately. We're reinvigorating all of our content, baby. Radio Hour rest in peace it's been retired a new concept for the end of the month debuts next week and don't worry it's still going to incorporate listener submissions so look forward to that and please like i said keep submitting those requests to bgmania at leveldowngames.com taking us out of this episode we're going to be taking a listen to title theme from the oregon trail 2 released on february 13th 1995 composer unknown Keep the music playing and keep it loud.